Football Coach Podcast. Today, we have Coach Nick Banstra. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Coach. It's, it's been a long time, and I'm, it's good to see you again, and good to see you're doing well, and I uh, look forward to having a conversation today. Yeah, before the before we started this, we were talking about uh, the time that uh, we did a YouTube video together, and I don't think either of us realized it had been t- over two years since that had taken place. That is wild. No, I mean, that's like, it's been a long, long two years. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a point in COVID where I was filming, like when, when we filmed ours, you, like I said, your video seven that po- published, I mean, I had, I just started filming. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. filmed the, my first, as I said before, I filmed the first video the day we got sent home. Like we're in my classroom filming the, like the only in-person video at that time because the rest mm-hmm. were people after that. Um, while everybody's leaving, getting sent home, uh, my head coach and our, um, offensive coordinator are getting dumb, uh, dumbbells and bars out of the weight room so they can lift. Cause you don't know when you're coming back, Right. Um, do that. And then to the point where like peak COVID I'm filming five or six videos a day, releasing two a day, mm. like it became its own little, like I bit off more I chew, but it's. It was either that or sit down and watch TV all day and get really fat. And I'm already slightly obese as it is. So getting really obese was not really an option for me. So it gave me something to do. Um, it helped other coaches. Um, and it's just kind of been an interesting kind of two years. Yeah. I Man, I remember when I first saw your, your channel and I thought, man, this is cool. And then we connected and then obviously since then you have done a ton of work i have your youtube uh video youtube not your youtube video your youtube channel pulled up here coach you have almost four thousand subscribers that is awesome i mean that that it really is something to be proud of it's it's been a long grind and i wish i could explain how it continues to grow and why and i don't really understand it i don't understand what works um some days I'll I'll go up by one. Some days I'll go up by twelve. Um, I don't really mm-hmm. know why. Um, I'm appreciative of all the support. Um, like I said, we got a lot of stuff on there. Um, I know there's over 400 videos on there, um, for ranging from clinics to podcasts to just random interviews, mm-hmm. uh, little drill segments to there's all kinds of. I mean, I even did a little, and which I'm gonna try to finish it this summer. I started last summer doing like conference realignment videos where like. It showed the progression of the conference. Uh, that's I'm cool, gonna, man. I'm going to try to get back to that this summer. I, I just didn't have time because I was starting to do them last year. And then I got hired as a head coach and that killed all like, I mean, you had like when you get hired June 1st to be a head coach, you have no time uh, to do anything. Um, so at that point, I was just like, well, I'll put this on hold. And there's been a lot of realignment since then. And so there's a lot of updates I got to do and changes and um and there's a lot of things I want to do with that. So we'll get back to that. this summer. Hopefully, knock on wood, this summer. Coach, talk about getting hired as a head coach on June 1st. Oh, my goodness. I was just reading an article about that this morning. Yeah, man, that is – that's some – that's some. <laughs> I bet those those are some hectic weeks and days uh, um, it going is, it forward. Is, it, it is one of the better decisions I made, but it's also one of the worst decisions I made. And when I say worst decisions, I mean the timing – I, I, I texted this in a, a, a group chat of me and a bunch of really good friends that are coaches of me. 
I was like, I learned a lot of things year one. And one of them was probably never to take a job June 1st again, because it's yeah. just, there's no like hiring a, 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 I'm not gonna say good, good is a bad word. Hiring the staff you want is almost impossible to June 1st. Cause a lot of people are committed. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously this isn't Texas people's like, you're not tying, you don't have to teach in a district to do it, blah, blah. Right. But finding people who aren't committed and who like, I like contact me in the fall. Like, is it was a typical response like that? That I mean, that is what that is. And then trying to, OK, get the weight program where you want, meet the kids, get you get. I didn't get to meet anybody before they let, went on summer break. So you lose that opportunity. It's just it's not the ideal situation. It was a roller coaster. Um, I learned a lot of lessons from it. Um, we did not have a good season. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I expect a lot better this year. I've also made some staff changes and hired some really good people. Um, but I mean, there's pros and cons to it. Um, there's always those jobs, especially in Ohio, that will open. There's always like three jobs between like the middle of May to like the first week of July that open. And it's for a variety of reasons. It's like late retirement. So one of their assistants get it. Um, just change of okay. life for some reason, health issues, um, taking like a college off the field job. I mean, there's, there's a billion reasons why it happens, but um, mm. I would not necessarily recommend that part to anybody. Um, but the head coaching, it's, I, I, I landed in a really good spot with a really good administration, a good teaching staff, good kids. Um, and we're just trying to build this now. That's awesome. So what, where did you start when you got, when you got hired in June? What was, what, what were the first things that you did to try so, to get the, get the program going in the direction you wanted it to go? We had the parent player main the day, like the day they announced it, June 1. Okay. I mean, you, you knew like a day or two before and you knew how the process was going, blah, blah. But um, that was the first step. And then like the first week I just had open lifting. I didn't even have a set thing that first week. Like it was, let's just get people in the weight room, talk mm-hmm. to my AD daily. Like, okay, these are who are here. Who am I? Who do I need to contact? Ask kids who I need to contact. I met with each class to discuss some things. Um, got my middle scores in the weight room too. Um when you're, um, we're about medium-sized school. I mean, mm-hmm. we're division four of seven, seven being the smallest, one being the biggest. Uh, we float between, I mean, we're probably a border almost five. So I try to get our middle school involved as much as humanly possible. I mean, and you can see it. Like, I mean, we had last year probably like the third, we're the second small school in our conference. We probably had the third, lar- third or fourth largest middle school team last year. Oh, wow. Push that so hard. This year, we'll be top, definitely top three. I mean, we'll have seventh and eighth grade for over 40 kids. I mean, I might have more middle scores and high scores this year because that's where my numbers are. That's where I focus mm-hmm. a lot of time on. And, I mean, they haven't had that bad high school experience yet that some kids may have had before I got here. Um, right, yeah. Or, or other things. And, like, that's kind of one of the things we've been really focused on. Um my, our weight in middle school and I've overhauled our weight program heavily over the past year. Um, and I've continued to change it. I've gotten really into Tony Holler speed, the cat system um, in terms of speed development. Cause I think that's one of the biggest places we're, we're lacking. Um, and then I was just trying to figure out who were the best fits for the staff. And I kind of told them like, I mean, you're kind of on a one year trial period. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's harsh to say it that way. And I don't want to mm-hmm. necessarily person but we got hired late see what you can do 
and kind of work through where we're at. And it's kind of just kind of build the basic fundamentals. And um, I have overhauled tremendously from where I was last year, this year. Like we didn't start any act. I mean, you last year we had unlimited days in the summer we could use. This year we get about 15. I didn't use any days until we hit July last year. Mm. Just because of where, where we are. I mean, like my focus was on strength, speed, because that's where we were so lacking last year. And just getting to know the kids and hiring a staff like it's kind of hard to hold camp days when you don't have any staff members so um, yeah it would, it would just be you and the kids and here we yeah. go guys and when you got 30 kids you're trying to manage it's hard to teach everything you want to teach and then even when you know there's like two or three it's still not ideal um but i mean we're working through it and um like i said we've come long strides i mean i have a very small senior class this year but i'll have a very large incoming freshman class I mean, we got numbers coming long term, and that's kind of what we're going to keep focusing on is just kind of building numbers um, because I've, I've learned in small school, high school football, especially in the state of Ohio. I mean, if you if you get if numbers matter, like I mean, mm. when I was at my coach, D67 football here in Ohio, our, our benchmark like is if, if we have at least 30 kids, we can compete at that level. I think my at this level, D455, I think if you have about 45, mm. you can be fairly competitive. You'll have enough. You'll have at least enough rough depth. Mm. How many kids are in your school, Coach? Um, we are a seven through twelve building, so it kind of gets skewed a little bit. Oh, Boys wise, okay. nine through eleven, we're somewhere in the three hundreds, um, and that's also skewed a little bit too. I mean, so we're probably low four, low to mid four hundreds, but we have a, like an extremely large freshman class, hmm. like. So like our junior class isn't huge. Our sophomore class is okay. Our senior class next year is probably smaller than the rest of our classes. Our freshman class is fairly large, like to the point where they weren't taking any more open enrollments for that class, from my understanding. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have. Uh, um, but it also makes you like from a teaching standpoint, it's going it's to make some things difficult next couple of years because mm -hmm. you have all these bottlenecked, this bottleneck grade. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but I mean, we're in the 400s ish, nine through 11. Um, no, I'm sorry, nine through 12, 300s ish, um, nine through 11. So, like I said, we're the second small school in our league. Um, so, we're, we're four. Uh, we got D5 in our league, and then our top end's a D2. So, it kind of there's a now we're split in half, so we have the big side and the small half, but still, I mean, it's a pretty, you got plays of crossovers. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So talking a little, little ball here, your podcast is called Gap Down Backer. Coach, are you a wing T guy? I'm I, guessing I, that was, I'm guessing that. It started as a wing T podcast. It really did. It was me, my buddy, and then we talked to wing T people. And because at the time I was at Fairborn, we run the wing T. Um, I've spent probably over half my time, career either in some sort of wing tee, double wing, or flex bone. Um, just, and that's kind of where it's always been. Um, do we still run wing tee concept? Some coaching, yes, but are we pure wing tee? No. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but like that's, I mean, I love a good down play or buck sweep. Um, when we were at Fairborn, we ran belly 18 billion different ways until people, I mean, we had a really good fullback. It helps. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Would you got oh, a good fullback? Yeah. I mean, you can you can run belly about any way possible, and you'll be fine. Um, that's kind of how it started. It's kind of morphed. That that podcast is more since it's gone gone on. I mean, I've had the gambit from air rate. I mean, I've had Hal Mummy on there talking air mm -hmm. rate. 
Um, I've had strength coaches. I've had special teams coaches. I've had, I mean, the wide gambit of coaches. I mean, I taught, I think the most recent one that we released was, I was talking to Brian Steinspring. He used to be the offensive line coach and uh, offensive coordinator at Virginia Tech. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, it's kind of, like I said, it's run the gambit, but I, I got the heart. There's still some wing team in me. Um, mm-hmm. I love a good 12 and 13 personnel and just, I mean, gap down backer solves a lot of problems when, when you need to figure out roles. And it's kind of taught me to be role-based and series-based and kind of building off things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I mean, that's the basis, but I mean, we've kind of evolved to our personnel mm-hmm. um, as we've kind of gone along here. That's awesome. You could also go power to you, like my friend Kyle McElvaney. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle yeah, is hardcore. I love Kyle. Kyle loves his power tee. Um, and there, there are some stuff like, I mean, we you don't really see a lot of it in Ohio, but like, I mean, my offensive coordinator who I hired ran the power tee in the late 90s. Shawnee, mm-hmm. uh, who we play, has a power tee package. And honestly, I think if this is my opinion, because uh, I don't know Coach Meeks very well, but if Coach Meeks has way, he probably would just stay in it and just bludgeon you in the face is pretty much what Coach Meeks would do. Yeah, um, You'll see it here or there. Um, I know Fairborn, who just hired a head coach to run some power tee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of got good gambit. And I know Kyle's big on it. Kyle's done some videos for me uh, on it. And then I know my buddy saw him when Kyle spoke at Utah this year. Um, he took some of his Paris T stuff from him, incorporating his wing T stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Kyle, ooh, that's that's a whole nother to love. Is I don't know if I'm that extreme, but um, it, I mean, if you got the dudes for it and you got coaches that can coach it, it's a very effective system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I guess some guys in in the Power T world call that dinosaur football. I think that's a great that's a great slogan right there, dinosaur mm-hmm. football. <laughs> that's cool. So. You take over a program. How do you align your offense and defense so that they sync together? Because I think sometimes I know this from taking over a program as a, I was 29 when I became a head coach and trying to figure out how do you sync those together? How does your offense help your defense? Your defense helps your offense. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, One, I did a terrible job of it last year. I mean, we we weren't really good on either side of the ball last year. I mean, we were young. We made I made a lot of coaching mistakes, whatever. So like, I mean, there were some times where we were throwing the ball more. I mean, because we had to throw the ball more than forty times mm-hmm. a game, which mm-hmm. sucks and doesn't really help your defense out at all. When especially when they're still trying to learn it and get in place, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that go wrong. This year, we've kind of been a lot more systematic about it. Is kind of okay. What kids do we have, and then how can we? put ourselves in best position kind of as I have conversation with my offense defense coordinators is kind of like, okay, where are we here? Where are we here? Let's look at our personnel. What do we kind of need to do? What's the risk reverse reward? Um, and kind of where's everything at? And you kind of got to look at, okay, if, if you know, you're still developing and you're still young, like, especially from a run game standpoint, you might want to run a little more, find mm-hmm. a little way to kill that clock to kind of give your defense a break, especially when we're going to still, I mean, I'm trying to work as much as possible to have as few two-way players as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's every head coach's ideal thing mm-hmm. here. But, I mean, we're still not that full point where I will have as many as I want. So, you got to figure out, okay, how do you maximize that? How do you rotate kids? So, 
they're not exhausted um, and so forth. And you kind of just fit, okay, it's what's your risk versus reward in each of these scenarios and what kind of puts everybody in the best position to win. Um, Cause you don't want to be going forward on your own 20 uh, every time because it's fourth and one and then put your defense in a bad position. Mm. Uh, so you just kind of, you kind of got to value. I think a lot of it comes down to evaluating your talent and seeing what you have and what they can do um, and putting them just in the best position. And part of that's just hiring good people. I mean, you can teach people football. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just putting the good people that can evaluate and learn mm. our desire to learn. Like I moved my receivers coach to D line this year and he's been all in like, I mean, full go mm. just on, um, how to learn everything and put itself in a position to be successful. So I think that to me, that's to get alignment. You just, I think the first thing is evaluating your talent. What do you have? How many people are going to go both roughly go both ways do you think and have it evolve from there? Mm. Yeah, that's good. You, you talked about just needing good people. I think that is so true that it's about having a quality person and they can learn anything if yeah. they are teachable. So how many people are on your staff? How many people do you guys do you guys have? Counting because uh, I've split some contracts, which I hate doing, but you kind of just sometimes have to. Accounting myself, there's seven and a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, just because I've split some contracts, um, I've been able to split it up to where pretty much everybody has a primary position on one side of the ball, and then mm-hmm. we'll help with something on the other side. Um, mm. So it's kind of made it kind of work. Um, and then kind of, I mean, three of us are teachers and then the other four are not. I mean, I okay. got a lawyer, a nurse, uh, and then two people are still in college. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, we kind of run the gambit here of mm. experiences. I mean, I got people as few as three years of coaching to 30 years of coaching on my staff. So it's mm. kind of, again, it's the, it's the, it's the wide range of where everything is and, um, so, it's, again, it's just finding good people that you can trust. Um, I've been fortunate a lot. Uh, over half of them I've known before I got here, mm. uh, which is helpful. I mean, I poached essentially two of them from Fairborn. Um, really, three of them. Three of them uh, from Fairborn. So, it kind of, it's kind of helped out there. It's when pe- I mean, it's easy when you're able to it, not move far mm. away and bring people with you that um, you know really well. Mm-hmm. So before you became a head coach, you were a defensive coordinator, correct, coach? I was. So um, I've been an assistant. I've been a freshman head coach, assistant again, D.C. for two years, special co-D.C. Mm-hmm. for a year, and then special teams for two. Okay. So what's your defensive philosophy? What do you What do you roll with? What do you like? I mean, for a long time, I, I was a cover three guy, really hardcore. Um, and could, just because it's small school ball, it worked. It, it, I mean, I, I, I've evolved kind of since then. I was a forefront cover three guy. Um, and because, because when you're a really small school ball, you're not going to see a lot of quarterbacks that are just able to hit some of those windows consistently. Right. You're just, they just don't like you can put eight in the box. And if you can just coach up your corners and your safety really well, mm-hmm. you're in a good position. Cause some of the, some of those seam throws are not, give me, I mean, you still need an arm. You still need to be able to read stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of evolved, um, the higher level I've gone, I've gotten into more being an odd front guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that is just personnel based just because I don't have a lot like huge linemen. Mm. Uh, 
just the, there's lineman depth, and you got a lot of these tweener kids that are safety linebacker-ish kids that kind of need to be able to be moved. And um, I've gotten a lot more into pattern matching. Um, I've got a lot more into man coverage. I used to hate man um, just because of the run ladens they expose if, if things don't go right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've kind of evolved. I've heard some really good people talk or explain stuff to me over the past year, really. Um, but I've kind of evolved more into the some of the power matching and the um, man coverage stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, especially in Ohio, it comes down to can you stop the run? That's mm-hmm. what like I mean, you most of your state champion teams are wing T, I, or if they're in the gun, they're bludgeoning you with like inside zone. Like mm-hmm. Wentworth this year probably ran inside zone better than most of the the state. Now, part of that is they have some really good dudes, but Coach Murphy does a really good job. Um, so he's kind of, I mean, in the end, it, it comes down to run the football. I mean, you, you, I look at league stats all the time, both ours and neighboring conferences. The teams that have the league quarterback leaders and passing yards typically are not the deep run playoff teams mm-hmm. or even maybe when the conference is a team that's got the the, the rushers are typically there. Like mm-hmm. Indian Lake, North Union in our conference last year had some dudes mm-hmm. at running back and off of the line, and it showed. Mm. Yeah, I've been friends with Brad Birchfield for a while, uh, the head coach of Bishop Hartley in Columbus. Yeah. And he sent me film over the course of a couple of years. When watching them on offense is wild. They're foot-to-foot, double wing, but they're in a different formation yeah. Like every other play. And it is so unique watching that. And I was asking him, why do you do that? Because he looks like it looks like he has a million kids on the sideline. And they've been to the state championship game. They've won a couple. And he said, man, there's, it's bad weather up here. And eventually you're going to have to win a game where it's freezing rain or it's snowing or it's muddy. And that's just kind of something that he stuck with was let's run the football. Let's be multiple. And let's let's just do that. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, the what, what we've been fortunate in the past couple of years, but the way this spring's going, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to suck. I can just tell you now, like, I've, we've had more rain this spring than since I've been back to Ohio. And I moved back to Ohio mm-hmm. in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've seen more rain this spring than I have in 17 years. It's mm-hmm. just nonstop. Like, a lot of the stuff you want to do for speed and agility development in the outside in the spring, you're, you're kind of – there's days I've had to make a lot of changes and plans for the weight room just because of it. Um, he's not wrong. Like I'm, I've gone, I remember in 2012, I went to a state championship game and it's downpouring snow. Mm. We're, we're, we're as a staff freezing our butts off in the stands watching this. So, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, mm. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I remember playing high school ball here in Ohio and, um, the last two weeks of the season, you're freezing on the sidelines, got hand warmers in your mm. pocket or whatever and you're it's snowing so i mean it depends on the year but he's i mean he's not wrong i mean now mm-hmm. some of that i will say has been alleviated by how many schools have turf i mean yeah it, yeah it's it, true a lot like our conference isn't that lucky we have i think one or two in our conference that have mm-hmm. turf but i mean you get in a columbus where brad is or uh cincinnati cleveland some of these bigger conferences and bigger schools mm-hmm. i mean most of the league has turf Mm-hmm. Or is working on building it. I mean, my buddy's at a D5, and they put in a turf field last year. I mean, it mm-hmm. is – it helps prevent some of that stuff. Um, but, I mean, it's it's still, again, I mean, 
hand sizes are a funny thing for high school kids. I mean, it's part of the reason. I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's a factor in to be able to throw and catch the ball. And I mean, mm-hmm. that, when you add bad weather to that, it's not a great combination. Yeah. And I mean, we get kind of, we get some of that here in West Virginia where we get the weather and now the team that wins the state championship in our classification is all spread. That's Martinsburg <laughs> high school. Uh, they've been dominant in our, in our state. But so coach, where'd you come from? Where'd you, so you said you grew up in Ohio, then you moved away, then you came back. Where'd you go in between? Uh, from grades four through eight, we lived, I li- we lived in Texas. I lived just outside of San Antonio. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. My mom moved down there one cause she wanted better weather. Oh, wow. Country. My mother, my mother, despite being born in Europe, hates the snow, like with a passion. She hates cold weather. She hates snow mm-hmm. with a passion. I mean, she, after, after I graduated college, she moved back down to Texas. Um, so she wanted better weather. They had some friends that just moved down there that at the time, the housing market down there was stupidly cheap. Like, I mean, it was, you were getting, uh, about $180,000 house down there, which would cost up here at the time, probably in the three hundreds. Like it was just such a, I mean, their market's still some areas is cheaper. But I mean, mm-hmm. at the time, like if you're talking the late 90s, early 2000s, if you wanted cost affordable housing with a lot of square footage, maybe mm-hmm. not yardage, but square footage, like you can get a two to 3,000 square foot house mm-hmm. for anywhere from 180 to 220. I mean, oh, that's wow. a, that, I mean you're probably sitting on a quarter to half an anchor, which ain't great for because mm-hmm. that means your house is vertical and you have no basement because of mm-hmm. just how the land lies down there. And I'm going on a whole other like tangent. I like that. No, go ahead. <laughs> it's a podcast. But, we can do whatever we want. But I mean, it was such a co- like it made sense. And and you also had a lot of economic benefits that were created by the Clinton Bush administrations to buy houses for lower mm-hmm. income people. So it just made sense. I mean, and so four through eight. And then at the time, I wanted to go to college I, as my dream was to go to Ohio, go be a student at Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. I grew up a big Ohio State fan. I get back. Sophomore year, I see how much Ohio State costs, and mm. I go to Ohio University, which was probably the best decision I ever made in life. I, I went to the I went to the main campus and the regional campuses, probably more regional, but, I mean, the I'm a proud Bobcat. Um, I bleed green and white. Um, I, I'm very good friends with several members of their coaching staff there at mm. Ohio University. Um, I, Athens is probably my second or third favorite city in the country. Mm. Uh, and just because you can walk around Athens, like, mm. and I say this all the time, and, and Frank Salt says for, all the time before he retired, if you can just get a recruit to Athens, they will commit. Like it is, the campus is beautiful. Like, mm. especially in the spring and the fall, like when cherry blossoms are blooming, blooming, the fall leaves are falling, the color, it is just one of the most beautiful campuses in the country uh and i love it and like i said i i hope their coach alvin has a lot of success he kind of got my pain last year when frank uh resigned mm. what like late may early june because of the mm-hmm. variety and so um yeah i mean it's just so that's kind of been the ohio texas ohio has kind of been the method and then uh when my daughter turns 18 i would not be surprised if i in, end up southwest either back mm-hmm. in Texas or like New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, somewhere mm-hmm. in that area. Man, that's crazy. I, 
I was thinking about Frank Solich the other day. He, you know, he's at Nebraska, winning all those games, going playing national playing a national championship, and he goes to Ohio. And my brain's thinking, oh, he'll just bounce back and go somewhere else. And he just stayed there for all those years. That is that is really interesting that he just was like, oh, I'm good. I'll stay here at Ohio, Ohio University. And he had offers. Like I know this for a fact. He had offers. He had people request interviews, like that wanted him to go. And he, and to be honest, like he would have never left Nebraska. If mm-hmm. now part of that was his alma mater, but that is not like I've met Coach Solich, I think twice. Mm-hmm. I know I know his staff a lot better than I know him. Mm-hmm. But every, I mean, you talk to anybody that knows Frank Solich. I mean, Frank Solich is a loyal human being who wants mm-hmm. to do right by people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he was always going to stay. And like, and you thought the same thing. Like, I mean, you saw it. I mean, when I was in college, I'm like, oh, he's winning. He's going to leave. But once you get in the profession, you understand who he is, why he does mm. things. And like, mm. he, he, was, he, he was never going to leave there and, and let, until he retired. And um, as a as a, a high Bobcat, I'm, I'm extremely proud that he was our head coach and what he did for our school. And um, I wish him nothing but success and health and his retirement. And that's awesome. Coach, as we we land the play on the on the podcast here today, I would love your insight on how to balance your time because you run a podcast, a YouTube channel, you're a head coach, you're a teacher. What's some advice to people out there who are trying to maybe get into the podcasting world or the, or the YouTube world while also having a a teaching and uh, and coaching job? Oh, it's not easy. I mean, that's hmm. part of it is like the YouTube and podcasting. I film so far ahead. Like I have, I generally have not filmed okay. a podcast probably since March. Like mm. I'm so far ahead. Um, part of that was I've had a lot of family stuff come up past two months. Part of it is I just needed a mental break. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I've really done the past two months is really edit. Um, I'm probably going to film some in June this year. I like I've I've, ske- I've scheduled um, some guests that I'm trying to get on. Hopefully nothing changes. Um, but I mean, that's a lot of it. Um, the teaching aspect is, is by this point, I mean, a lot of the stuff I've taught the past couple of years. So you kind of got, I kind of got most of my system in place. Um, the only thing I really knew I had to teach this year was middle school technology, but like personal finance, the Microsoft class I taught, I'd done all that in the past. Like that wasn't, that wasn't like, it's just reusing the same stuff, even with switching schools and making mm-hmm. some modifications. Um, so that part's easy. Um, you need a very understanding wife. Um, and then it just, like I said, you got to figure out what's best for you. I mean, we talked before, I mean, there's a bunch of us, like you don't, you just release audio. I mm. mean, that's all you do. I, yes. I, I do semi edits. Like I don't do it like massive overhauls. I have presets that I just change and go. Okay. It's not too much. So I can do all I got to really do. Like for my gap down packet podcast is, take out the old video, put in the new one, change the number on the episode, change the description, like it name, mm-hmm. location, all that. And then make some minor edits to the video. And you kind of know what they are as you film them, but you mm-hmm. just go back through a lot. There's a lot of times I don't edit it. I'll take anything out except for the very end that, that dead period between thank you and be hitting stop record. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I mean, those, those, that's the ideal situation. And then you get to the sum where the clinics or the podcast, you need 35 edits and it's miserable and it is what it is. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's uh, like others in our profession that, I mean, we've talked about it, like coach Mac doesn't really do too much editing, but we're Ron and a couple of the other ones do heavy edits. Like it just kind of depends on what you're able to do and what your time mm-hmm. allows. Like I know some of those guys do some of that stuff during their plan periods at school. I can't do any of that. I mean, we're in a very academic centric school. And so it's all outside of our hours. And then like I said, I'm, I'm on school property minimum during the school year, probably somewhere between five and 6 a.m. to off season. I'm probably five or 6 p.m. Because, oh, wow. Because we got, we're out, school is seven. Well, they're allowed in the building at 710. They're done at 230. Weightlifting is 230 to uh, four, well, 245 to four. Um, so it's, there's three lifting days, but there are two days are makeup days because mm. I, I realize life happens. Um, and then I'll have a couple come over from the career center. They can't get there till about four. So they're mm. in there four to four 30 doing their lift. Cause when there's only two or three of them, you can get all that done pretty quick. Yeah. And then, so it's almost five o'clock by the time you leave um, may, I mean, you're where we start bringing over our sixth graders to do body functionality stuff. Um, they're in there 345 to 430. Like, I mean, this time of year, you got athletic director meetings for the upcoming season. You got parent meetings. You got booster meetings. Like, I don't think people realize how much stuff goes into being a head coach mm-hmm. uh, and the time consumption. Um, but like I said, it, this stuff is not easy. Um, I would say start small. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, at one point, I was releasing two a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And then drop down to three a week and then two a week. And lately it's just, for me, it's been just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of where I've kind of felt the happiest is kind of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's just been, okay, I just got, this will come out Monday. We're good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how this summer goes. I might, depending on what I release, um, go from there. But um, like I said, it is, I mean, time consuming and just kind of start with something simple. Pick something and go. Like I started with clinics. That's all mm-hmm. I started with. Then they turned into clinics and interviews. Then we added the podcast. Uh, the interviews kind of went away and turned in. They're not just all incorporated in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I like if somebody wants to do a clinic. I'll, I'll bring them on and do a clinic. And it, it, it's no problem. Like I had a um, university Akron coach who did it for me. He's like, hey, you got time. Like we, I know I was on the podcast before. I want to do a clinic. Mainly mm-hmm. our finest skills and get some more information out there. I was like, yeah, come on. Got them on. Edited. Good. And so kind of just what pops up and what doesn't. And I mean, you know, as I do, we're about end of clinic season is about done. It's kind of just getting full going summer. I mean, unless mm-hmm. you're in Texas, they, they have their summer clinics, which is nice. And mm-hmm. like, I'm going to try to join the, oh God, what is it? The San Angelo clinic, at least virtually. Um, yeah. I was really disappointed that the cool clinic was virtual again this year. Mm-hmm. I really, cause it's supposed to be in Cincinnati and I really wanted to drive down there and go, but I mean, it is what it is. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my short answer is just kind of just piece it out and just understand there. It could be overwhelming. Mm. Coach, that's so good. Thank you for all your wisdom today. And you're very generous, generous with your time. You're busy, busy dude. And, uh, thank y'all. Thank you for, for coming on and doing this. No problem coach. Thanks for having me on and, um, wish you nothing but success this year and, uh, your family's health. And, um, all I gotta say is, uh, go Warriors.